Hello everybody, my name is Caroline Ospelt. I work at the University Hospital in Zurich and I'm part of the social media team of ARD. I'm at the ACI meeting 2019 in Atlanta, Georgia, talking to some of the authors that had really outstanding uh, presentations on this meeting. And today I'm with Anka Katrina and Arze Hensfold from the Karolinska Institute in Stockholm. And they presented the data from uh, their study development of ultrasound detectable arthritis among ACPA positive subjects with musculoskeletal symptoms, the risk RA prospective study. So Anka Aza, thank you for coming. Thank you that are here. Maybe you can just shortly also introduce yourself and talk a bit more about what you're doing in uh, Stockholm. Hello, very nice to meet you, Caroline, and uh, my name is Anka Katrina. I'm a rheumatologist um, and um, scientist and immunologist uh, working at Karolinska Institute and Karolinska University Hospital, and uh, my field of interest is uh, the early phases of development of rheumatoid arthritis, trying to better understand what's happening and trying probably to, in the future, to interfere with, with, uh, uh, with these early uh, events um, and uh, try to prevent rheumatoid arthritis. Hi, thank you for the invitation to participate here. And my name is Åsa Hansvold. Um, I'm PhD and working uh, as a coordinator for the risk RA cohort in Anka Katrina's uh, group. Uh, I'm, of course, also very interested in understanding the development of ACPA-positive rheumatoid arthritis and the possibility to intervene, as mentioned. Thank you. So, Anka, maybe you can just uh, summarize your study and the uh, most important results for the listeners. Maybe I will start by... Uh Clearing up some things, originally when we have submitted uh, the abstract, uh, uh, we had only analyzed the pilot cohort, which uh, contained only 65 individuals. Um, however, since submission and until September 2019, we have uh, uh, increased our uh, inclusion and analysis um, to have uh, more than 250 patients included and therefore the final presentation included data about all these patients. So this is just to, to mention that there might be some differences between what it was stated in the original abstract and what we presented and this is why. Um, in principle, what we have done, uh, we, we wanted to really understand a little bit better uh, how these uh, individuals that are at risk for developing rheumatoid arthritis, they are referred from uh, primary care, they are coming to us, they have a positive test for anticitrullinated protein antibodies, how should we follow up them, what should we do, and I think that we... Um, we do not have uh, guidelines today and we do not uh, know exactly what to do, so we decided to start this prospective study, uh, including all these individuals. Uh, to just mention again, anticitrullinated protein antibody and musculoskeletal symptoms referred by primary care to the rheumatologist. Um, and um, we did this and we have followed up with a median uh, follow-up of approximately 19 months uh, and uh, looked at different uh, potential predictors uh, that will tell us which of these individuals will and which will not develop arthritis. An important thing is that we are very stringent in our study. Uh, when we are saying arthritis, from the beginning we are checking not only by clinical investigation but also by ultrasound investigation of the hands, feet and also any other symptomatic joint. And if we find any kind of inflammation in the joint, any kind of synovitis, then those individuals will not classify for going into the risk rheumatoid arthritis but they will be considered early arthritis patients. Um, 
With this said, we uh, checked different clinical um, parameters and we checked uh, different biomarkers and we are still working with building up an algorithm for prediction. So as you said, I, mean, I think this is a very important cohort and, and very important work because of course it is a big question in the field. How can we predict which people actually go further to rheumatoid arthritis, which will stay at a undifferentiated arthritis and which will uh, actually never go further than just autoimmunity. So there have been a couple of other studies uh, done on this, maybe not as stringent and not in a really such a nice controlled cohort as you did. So did you look at already at some of the predictors that were suggested by previous studies? Yes, we uh, have looked both um, of those suggested by previous study, but also some that we thought might be interesting and also uh, um, extended the uh, investigation to a broad analysis of different biomarkers and I think that also could give us much more uh, insight and tell us about these different parameters. So with regards to clinical parameters, the clinical parameters found to be of significant importance is the reported symptom duration. This is also suggested by uh, the Amsterdam Reed van Stadt uh, publication uh, as well as rheumatoid factor occurrence. So uh, with regards to ultrasound data that is not really uh, present in other studies, the tenosynovitis um, detected by ultrasound in hands and feet uh, was found in our cohort to be a predicting factor for future arthritis development. Uh, we then further, as I said, looked into different uh, biomarkers in the peripheral blood, uh, both with regards to aqua-reactivities towards 15 different kind of citronated peptides, as well as in into inflammatory proteins, uh, 92 proteins measured were measured in the blood. Uh, in conclusion, we can see in the about the ACPA reactivities that we see that typically those developing arthritis uh, later on are having larger number of ACPA reactivities compared to not re developing arthritis. And we also see that some particular ACPA reactivities remain significant in the hazard regression model we are using for all this analysis. Uh, so to sum up, we thought it's important not to uh, to sum up the analysis from the univariate analysis. We, put, we use those factors that in a univariate analysis shown to be significant and put them into a model. And in that end, we found that independent and strong factors for predicting arthritis in our cohort are Ultrasound detected sinusinovitis with, uh, with a hazard ratio about three, uh, as well as IL-6 uh, measured as an uh, inflammatory protein by this uh, O-link assay with a hazard ratio about two, as well as um, the presence of ACPA reactivity towards citronated filaggrin. Uh, so this is uh, the suggested predicting model we find in our cohort right now. Uh, we are also waiting to add the data on HLH-shared epitope that is right now currently being gathered. So that is really nice that you go over a broad field of parameters, like clinical parameters, serum markers and so on, and then combine these. I think this is a really valid approach and will probably strongly improve also than the predictive value. So um, what do you think where the field is going? Of course, this is still a hot topic. Do we need to include even more clinical markers? Do we need new markers? Do we have to go to the big data sets that also are coming? And where are you planning? actually where do you go do you plan some further studies and where do you go with your court 
Yes, I, I think this is the future, and actually, this uh, some of these individuals will be our patients from tomorrow, and uh, we really need to do our lesson, and we really need to understand and to be able to predict and to be able to tell to the persons that are coming to us uh, that you don't need to be followed at the rheumatology. You have a very, very low risk of developing this, or instead saying, okay, you should stay here and be followed up, and we will see how it is, and even giving information about the amount of risk that it's present in a certain individual. So I think that's uh, very important, and um, we are only one of the f several uh, centers that are working with this in different settings, and this is good because these are complementary and will give us information on different groups of uh, patients. I think uh, regarding to your question, if we should um, uh, include even more, of course, it's, it, we should always be open. We should not ignore things that might be important, but also we should limit ourselves also to what is very near clinical practice and trying to use those parameters that are maybe well established and uh, used very widely in the rheumatology world to hopefully be able to build an algorithm that will help us uh, in clinical practice in doing what I was just saying. Um, what we are doing, we are extending our cohort, we are continuing following up, we are continuing to including, I think it's very important to recruit uh, controls, um, which we have started. It's, uh, we are just at the beginning, um, but there we will have uh, individuals with musculoskeletal uh, complaints that are ACPA negative, that they have been referred to rheumatology, so they are a real uh, control group for, for those that are uh, seropositive. I think it's very important and that comparison is also relevant in, in what we are talking about. And uh, we are also, uh, based on our other investigations in cellular models, in cell cultures, but also in animal models, getting some hints of what's happening very early before this is onset and um, uh, we have some um, suggested mechanisms that we have been able to target in, in our animal models. So we are thinking and planning for future clinical studies. So I think that that's actually where the field is going, being able to use all this information that is gathered by different studies of cohorts to be able to select appropriate candidates for clinical studies and also to perform a clinical study. Very well said. I think you really pointed out very well where the where the focus in the field is and, and where it should be going. Are there any last keynote messages that we want to give to the listeners? Well, I think that the key message is that we are in front of a new era, I would say, for, for us rheumatologists, and we are facing... Uh, Uh, new patients uh, that we were not meeting before, we are starting to understand and we are starting to, to have. So it's a fascinating experience, uh, but it needs a lot of effort and a lot of common effort and a lot of collaboration. So I urge for European and maybe not only European, also American and so um, worldwide collaboration in order to establish um, enough um, numbers of, of individuals that are studied, enough competence in analyzing this, this data and by then taking the, the field forward. Very good. So any potential collaborators who listen to that can actually write an email to Anka. And uh, So thanks a lot, Anka. Thanks, Arze. This was very interesting to hear more about uh, your study. Thanks also to the listeners. If you have uh, time, maybe also just listen to the other podcasts on the RD webpage, look at some of the papers, follow us on Twitter and Facebook and hear some news and views in rheumatology. Thanks a lot and have a lovely day.